Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. since frickin' March. And today my guest is the lovely and wonderful Jody Hamilton. You know I love her. She's so fun to talk to. Uh, before, before she comes on, I got a couple of announcements. Now on Wednesday, I'm going to be interviewing Josh Fox. He is the doc, he's a documentary filmmaker. He did, he's done a lot of documentaries, but his most famous one was called Gasland and it's about fracking. And I, I'm, I'm definitely going to talk to him about fracking, but my main goal here is to talk about how the democratic party can be this like big umbrella where we have, you know, big tent party where we have people all the way from, you know, the Bernie people to the Lincoln Project people. Now, I'm not talking about the Bernie or bust crowd. I'm talking about the Bernie crowd who is voting for Biden. So, but we all have to exist in this party. And I don't know if the Lincoln party, if those particular members of the Lincoln, you know, I mean, the ones who started it are going to join the Democratic Party. I don't know. Maybe they will. I know they're indep- at least some of them are independents now. But there's a lot of voters like that are like-minded to to the people who are running the Lincoln Project. And so if we do become this huge party that could dominate, <laughs> we need to get our shit together and we need to figure out how to get along because it's hard enough dealing with Republicans acting like they're acting. We, we, we need some kind of strength and appreciation for each other, even if we don't agree. So I want to talk to him about some of the ways that we might be able to do that. And so let's just get into it. I am now an Amazon associate. I include an Amazon link in every one of my shows. I have mentioned this before, but just in case, don't get confused because when you click that link that says Amazon, you will see and you will see a product, which is the Melt book written by my mother about the well. It's about the climate crisis causing a global pandemic. <laughs> she started writing it in December of 2016. Anyway, that is the product that I have chosen to come up. So if you want to shop on Amazon, you can use that link. And as an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. The Start Me Up is an independent podcast. It's supported by listeners and it's woman run me. I'm the woman. I don't have any corporate backers. I'm not using advertisers. At least I'm not right now. So it's patrons who keep the show going. If you like today's show, and today's show is a good one because it's Jody and we get along so well. We have such a, I don't know, there's just a good rapport. There's a good energy between us. If you like the show, please consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. You could start at like two bucks a month and that's just $24 a year. That's a couple lattes for me per year for doing this. Uh, it goes like this. I do two free shows, Monday and Wednesday, and then I do two patrons only shows per month. The first patrons only show is available to everybody who signs up for $4 or less per month. If you sign up for $5 or more a month, you get the both patrons only shows. So if you get the $5 tier, you get pretty much everything I do delivered to your email box. And then starting in November, when I come back from my vacation, I'm going to be doing my outros separately, and those will be included in the $5 tier. After every interview, after every conversation I have with a guest, they leave, and then I keep talking. So I'm going to save that for the patrons only, and it's going to be every single show. So I will make a proper ending to the main show. I'll just basically send you to my Twitter and all that good stuff. But that's what I'm doing, and um, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can choose the tier you want. I've got six of them, but if, if there's a 
different dollar amount that you'd like to offer me per month, you can just enter into any of those tiers and change the dollar amount to what you want. So it, it could say $5 a month, but if you want to pay me $7 a month, you can just change it to seven. Do whatever you want. Uh, you can also make a one-time donation. Check out the description of this show on Patreon, and I include my email address, and that's what you can use if you're going to use PayPal. I know I have another Cash Me or whatever it's called account, but I don't know how to get the, the URL for that put up there. So again, I just include my email address and just use that on Patreon. For everybody who has done that, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. And while you're there, stop by and subscribe because it's free. And also while you're there, please give me a good rating and a review. You don't have to give a long review. Just let people know that you like the show because it truly does help, uh, you know, those Apple podcast algorithms. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now because it's so much more fun to talk with Jody. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Jody. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. Oh my God, you know, you know, I love having you, so I won't go, I won't go full gush, but I am just, <laughs> I'm just, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going on a little vacation next week, and I'm not going to be doing. I might do Bob's podcast. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Not this Friday, but next mm-hmm. week. I'm, I, I'll call in or something. Because hopefully we will all be happy and sleeping <sighs> yes, finally. Oh at least, my God. You know. Well, but you know what? The lame duck is going to be fucking crazy. You know, I think like we can expect such as as Bob says fuckery in in the lame duck session. I I, I can't even I can't even imagine what's going to happen. But yes, hopefully, and that's what one of the first things I want to ask you about is like we've seen some amazing polling, especially with early voting. And like today, there was something there was something out from its political poll. So it's YouGov America Election uh-huh. Center poll, whoever they are. I don't know, but it says among those who are who already voted. Okay, in Wisconsin, 73% have voted for Biden, 26 for Trump. Michigan, 75% uh, Biden, 23% Trump. And Pennsylvania, 80% Biden, 9% Trump. So, I mean, okay, we, I think we can say that polls are accurate, but they don't take into account cheating. I think polls in general, you know, not maybe every poll, but just the overall polling we're seeing is so these showing are exit Biden. polls from early voting I, I, it, do, it doesn't say exit it just says early voting so i'm i'm guessing i'm they guessing they have to be in-person exit polls because how are you going to talk to an absentee i voter? guess yeah that's got to be it's got to be so um and also we i hope that the pollsters unlike in 2016 are asking them not only who did you vote for but did you vote on a provisional ballot mm, or a regular ballot because right in in a lot of red states Unless there's a lawsuit, provisional ballots won't be counted unless they have to be. Hmm. In California, if you get a provisional ballot, you can go down to the county registrar or fix whatever was wrong to make sure that, yes, I am the person that's supposed to vote. I do yeah. live in the area, da, da, da. And other states, they don't allow for that. So hopefully the polling is accurate, unlike in 2016, where people did vote. They voted right. for Hillary right, Clinton. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Um, but their vote didn't get counted. And the election, I just have the U.S. Elections Project website up. Yes. As of this moment, it's 61,268,367 have completely voted. Out of the mail-in ballots, it's 40,805,000 and some change. In-person is 20,460,000. So basically, in-person is just half the mail-in yeah. at the moment. And in-person, one other, a couple states just started, Maryland just started today. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I am hopeful. Um, 
that, that I mean, 61 million people have already voted. I mean, this morning, I posted this at three hours ago. I posted the same thing via uh, Elect Project with Michael McDonald. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 60 million. So it's gone up a million in three hours. I predicted last week that we'd have at least 70 million yeah. banked by Friday. I'm going to think it, I now am upping that to 72 or 73 million votes Woo! banked by Friday. And so, okay, there's the idea. Okay, I saw on MSNBC, and I know it was, it was um, on Joy Reid. What's his, what's what's the guy? The poll. What's what's his name? Kornacki. Steve Kornacki. Yeah. So Kornacki was saying, and I, I'm going to try to say this correctly, that in 2016, uh, you know, the majority of Democrats voted early. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, the Republicans voted on voting day, election day. Right. So if you're going to take that right now, it, it, it's like, how did he say it? It's if you percentage. OK, so the percentage of early voters, I think, in the 2016 was higher in voting early and it was higher in Republicans for voting in person. So so they, they did whatever count and they showed that it's going to be a similar breakdown where you're going to see the majority, I guess, of Republicans voting on Election Day. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, you know, have the same result. And, and I say this because Trump has not gained support. Right. He's lost support. Right. But he hasn't really added um, to to in little pockets here and there, but not in any big way. So I think, you know, the Biden gets the benefit of Republicans who don't want to vote for Trump, independents who don't want to vote for Trump, plus these suburban women that he Mm -hmm. is begging to be, you know, his friend again. They're leaving him. Uh, You know, the older people are leaving him. And then on top of it, there was a there was this amazing poll and I'm going to try to find it, but it was out last week and I think it was on MSNBC, but it was the, it was young people, 18 to 29. Mm -hmm. And like in 2016, let's say, I think it was in Florida. Let's just take Florida. I think in Florida in 2016, early voting between that age group was 44,000 and something like that. Yeah. yeah, And then this year it's 275,000. Yeah. And then it was, I think, I don't, I think it was Michigan and also Pennsylvania and they were similar. In Michigan, it was around 7,000 early voting yeah. 2016. And then in, in, uh, in this year or Pennsylvania, I don't remember which state it was, but it was like 7,000. Now it's 145,000. So right. I do think that even though we may see a big, huge, you know, push w- with the Republican voters on the third, I don't know that it's going to be able to overtake you know like it's going to make up because i think we are going to have a blue wave i do in fact in texas right now with their percentage their percentage of the total turnout to 2016 versus right now 81.9 percent of texans that uh, the number that voted in 2016 have already voted now oh my god oh my god so we could be we could be at 100 percent of what the texas total vote total was by the end of this week before next tuesday Um, which suggests, obviously, that more people are voting in Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, California, we just started early voting here. Um, We've had absentee since October 5th, but in-person early voting started on Saturday, and we're already at almost 50% of our turnout. Florida's at 62.8% of their turnout, and they already are counting ballots. Um, Hmm. Georgia's at 66.1%, Tennessee's at 65%, North Carolina's at 66.5%, South Carolina, I mean, Montana's at 70%. And, you know, it's, it's, to me, that is encouraging Mm -hmm. that 
we're getting the votes banked and mm-hmm. then seeing the people mm-hmm. which they shouldn't have to wait in line but dancing and right. yeah. you know parades coming down and people you know I I donated to food to the polls um mm. so that people were getting That's fed. so awesome yeah um you know it's just it's it's different mm-hmm. I mean I was saying to Bob a couple weeks ago because I, I watch regular television that has commercials. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's where my stories are. So and I, I tend to watch I tend to watch the CW network because it's for stupid. You know, it's not for stupid, but it's, it's more it's more like you don't have to think too. Right. Hard yes, of course. I love I love that kind of television, you know. And so and the CW does skew towards younger voters. Right. Oh, okay. It skews towards you know the, their demographic is you know maybe as old as thirty five. Yeah. You know it's 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 a younger crowd, and their commercials are all about getting out the vote hmm. with their stars of their mm-hmm. shows. Oh, that's and, great. And um, that's interesting. What it's reminding me of is the ninety two election with Clinton. Oh yeah. Wow. Get out the vote on right. MTV yes. and and all these. I totally. Re- I mean, I think about that a lot, like Madonna and all those, mm-hmm. the big names of the time. Absolutely. That was that was. De- I mean, I don't know that that I did vote for Bill Clinton. In fact, that so was my I. first vote Same that here. I remember. I mean, I I don't think I voted. I don't remember if I voted for that. My mother, my mother's always been, you know, politically engaged, and so I can. I, I was not really paying that much attention. When I was younger, I paid enough. And, and it was funny because my girlfriend at the time, she was politically engaged and she she was talking about Bill Clinton a lot to me. And it was like, you know, I didn't give a shit. I wasn't paying attention. I was I, I wrote the book American Woman, P- the pole dance woman in voting for me at that time, because I just felt like. I wasn't politically engaged and I didn't find any I didn't know why I should be. And so I made no effort. And so I wrote this book basically for people like me who didn't don't want to read boring, dry politic books. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I tried I tried to put feeling and emotion and and all kinds of stuff in it. But along with the message of why it's important to vote. But anyway, so it's funny because my friends, she's telling me all about Bill Clinton. And it just my my father was working on his campaign and came to L.A. to visit me. And it was so funny because we were in Santa Monica and she's going on. I mean, she loved Clinton and she's telling me all about him and we're walking and there he was. And oh, he's wow. just like, Pat, he's like, you know, he comes up to, he's alone and we, you know, there weren't very many people around. So, I mean, she was just like, Oh my God. And I really didn't give a shit cause I was just, I didn't know better. And he shook our hands and asked for our vote and that was pretty much it. But I voted for him. And then I know that I voted in every election after that. But yeah, it's like, and I will say that my cousin who was a Bernie supporter Mm-hmm. just posted on his Facebook page that he voted blue. And it's so sad because Good. he lives in, I think he lives in, God, does he live? I don't know. One of the Carolinas. I can't, I think it might well, even be Well, those are important votes. Those they are. Votes I are think, super important I right think now. that he's in South Carolina. But he, um, you know, he got a lot of shit from his friend. I don't know who they are, but they post on his, you know, and they go, I voted to MAGA or I voted to Trump 2020. And mm. I just think, God. I couldn't deal. I just, I mean, I don't know if he works with these people. I don't know if, he, if these have been friends of his or whatever, but I'm just, you know, I saw, I even made a post on, on Twitter yesterday that I'm just so fucking grateful that I don't have to put up with MAGA people on any, you know, I, I got rid of all of them. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to hear it. But anyway, yeah. so that's good. So, you know, and I know that he was disappointed 
when Biden was the nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, but he voted for Biden. And so I'm so fucking grateful. I'm so grateful. No, that's good. No, I, I mean, there's a friend of mine. Um, her. How do I put how I know these people? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, her bro- Lonnie used to write songs for her brother. Okay. And her parents, her dad manages her brother's career and her mother is a real estate agent, whatever. It's a mixed marriage. The mom is black. The father is white. And the daughter, um, she's in her 20s, early 20s, is, and it's very, they go to church all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, her parents, Kavanaugh supporters, <sighs> huge Trump supporters. And, and this poor girl is like trying to talk sense into her yeah. mother in particular. Yeah. Um, because, duh. <laughs> and, um, and her mother's mother is white because her mother is also mixed race. Interesting. And but the grandma is all in support of the granddaughter, mm-hmm. and they're both kind of trying to, you know, yeah, talk the mom into you know having some sense. And she just she posts these things, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't, I and I I, I feel for the daughter because right. and I keep emailing her, going, you know, keep up the good fight. I, I'm worried about <laughs> you. I mean, I, I'm so grateful that I mean, I have nephews and nieces that are freaking magas and it just boggles yeah. my mind yeah um i don't understand it and then this one friend of mine who's this like new wave hippy dippy dude that i've known for <laughs> almost 40 years um he's like fucking QAnon guy oh my god i mean he put how I does that even happen i don't know and it's not like he's uneducated he's right. highly educated and a full-on new agey kind yeah. of dude and it's like what happened? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't understand I, I, this. just it's like and he posted something about oh the Australian papers are talking about the Hunter Biden having kitty porn or some shit. Yeah. And it's like he goes Australian papers. I'm like Australian papers make the National Enquirer look like the New York Times. Right, exactly. <laughs> so first oh off, oh my god, <laughs> and it's the first time I ever deleted somebody's comment on wow. anything. Wow. I was like, no, I'm not even nah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's you know that's something that is just freaking me out. I mean, I I know that our history we've had a very divided country. You know, go back to Nixon, we were divided and all that. But I mean, never have we been so brainwashed. Like this huge portion of the country is in a like a cult and particularly a death cult. And then when you go into the QAnon, it's it's. Did you see? Oh my God! I tweeted this out last night, but it was an advertisement from the uh, Trump Pence campaign, and they were trying to, they were trying to make Biden look crazy, and he was it was a, it's a stupid like I showed it to Bob, and he said they're trying to be the Lincoln Project, and they're just failing. Right. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, as much as I have issues at times with Rick Wilson, he knows what he's fucking doing, yeah, he's and good. so. Um, there was this part of the video where they showed a picture of Joe Biden, you know, hands on the shoulder of a younger girl, mm-hmm. or I think it was, a, it was a girl or a boy. I don't even remember, but it was, um, and then his face was, you know, kind of next to hers. And so it, it, the, the narration was something about how he wants to live off Cause they were saying that he was a zombie oh and that he wanted to live off the flesh of, you know, oh my God. and, and, I, and, and, so I, there was that QAnon kind of yeah. wink where uh-huh. it was a child that they have him next to and that he wants to live off human flesh. And it's just like, oh, my God, I can't. I mean, it's, it's in his campaign. They didn't mention eating babies or or, or drinking did, baby right. blood, but it was definitely it's a wink wide, yeah. T- yeah, to the QAnon bullshit. And it's like so many people believe it that I don't even 
I don't even know what to say about that. And I don't know how we're going to, how are we going to fix that? I, I don't know, because with the internet being unregulated at yes. least in this country, um, and not having to, at least FCC rules. Yes. Um, it's, you know, and it's hard to take stuff down. I mean, it's, it's, it's available to everybody, which is good. <laughs> right. But it also, that's the flip side. It's like this one friend of mine that I knew she was a Republican, but she watches OANN. <gasps> And, so and not good. <laughs> she literally, she literally no. posted the yesterday. I think it was. I was just reading it because I don't comment. I'm like, I'm out of. I'm walking yeah. away from this conversation. Um, she's like, well, there's Democratic news and there's Republican news. No, there's no. just news. Right. There is propaganda uh-huh. and there's news. Mm-hmm. There is opinion and there's news. Mm-hmm. But there is no Democratic news or Republican news. Yeah. It's like that's the difference between I think now and in the late '60s and early '70s, as far as yes, media is concerned. Is you had Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. everyone you trusted had, him. You yeah. had these people. You you had David Brinkley. You had mm-hmm. Cronkite. You had the New York Times. You had the Washington Post. You had the L.A. Times. They they had their opinion sections, sure, mm-hmm. certainly. We also had the fairness doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain things that the news was reported, which is why even though there are that still group of people that think Nixon was a god for some fucking reason. <laughs> I know. Um, Okay, the EPA, good for you. That's about yes. it. Yes, um, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a sense of humor. I will also give him that. But, you know, as far as being a good president, he was terrible. Yeah. But, it, you know, you got that's why with Watergate Girl reading it and when the tapes came out, it was like, okay, yeah, he's guilty. You know, when he started firing everybody, he's yeah. guilty, you know. But nowadays it's like, he didn't do, like watching the 60 Minutes thing yesterday. <laughs> I know, oh my God. <laughs> was was just like I'm going okay she literally just showed tape of you saying this mm-hmm. and now you're saying you didn't say that and he and not only that he's scolding her and saying you're so you're so awful or whatever words Fake. he was using. yeah a- a- and just basically saying she's a horrible person how could you even suggest that that's that's so horrible and awful of you and it's like oh my god he is such an abuser and it's so uh-huh. clear and then you know what really pissed me off was Nora O'Donnell when uh-huh. she was asking Kamala Harris mm-hmm. about socialist and it's um I, somebody had you know somebody had said something like why is it okay to ask Democrats about being socialist but it's not okay to ask Republicans about being fascist and it's so true and I mean I get that okay you have Leslie Stahl specifically saying to Trump right at the beginning I'm going to ask you the hard questions so right. yeah or the tough questions and so okay fine uh, obviously the Democrats should also get tough questions absolutely but but this it's it's still apparent that. No matter what. I mean, it was like Jen Kirkman, and I'm going to say, I'm going to try to paraphrase what she said, but she was kind of scolding Leslie Stahl instead of just saying, no, no, that's not true, and shaking her head when Trump was... She should uh, have played the tape for him. Well, that, and then also the... Because he said that they were spying on his campaign, and she she basically should have just told the truth that instead Mm -hmm. of just saying no, she should have said that they were monitoring, you know, Russian conversations, and you were on it. And so that's why that's what that means. But she didn't. And so as Jen Kirkman said, for the uninformed Mm -hmm. viewer, Mm -hmm. they don't understand what happened. They just heard Trump say they were spying on me and Leslie Stahl saying no. And it's true. It's like if you're going to say no, then explain why. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's frustrating, although, I mean, I still think overall Leslie Stahl did a decent job. And I think that she did hold his feet to the fire and, and didn't allow him to 
come across like I mean she did fact check him on on pretty much most of the things that he right. said um and you know I mean I think that there might have been I think that she knew what would happen mm-hmm. I you know she said she didn't want it to happen and maybe that was true because I can't imagine I mean any reporter would feel good to expose and to reveal you know character and all of that but that we already know that Right. So I can see why she, it would be uncomfortable for her to sit across from this fucking madman who, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. I think he puts his tongue at the top of his mouth at the end of his words to snort. It's yeah. so weird. But it's like, I, 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 but I do also believe there was part of her that wanted that to come through. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? If it were me, I would totally want that to come through because it's not a surprise. Right. You know, it's not. And he told, and he told, it's like, she, she he told her at the beginning of his term that you know he well and she she called oh, him yeah, on he it. called it fake news. Yes, and, and because it was to discredit right, us. Right, right, right. Yeah. And of course, he said she lied. Of course. Well, you know the thing with Nora O'Donnell, which Tom Hartman pointed out this morning, was the way she framed her questions mm-hmm. were from a conservative. Yes. Or Republican point of view versus just when she said, "Are you going to pack the courts?" Right. That's not what he's talking about. No. A two. That's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Three, expanding the courts has happened. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have an issue. I, we go from all federal levels up. Mm-hmm. All those 108 seats that were filled that Obama wasn't allowed to fill, mm-hmm. boom, let's expand it. Yeah. Um, all, those, all those courts. And then, like he said yesterday, I think his answer to this dumb bullshit yes. framed question was perfect. I'm going to yeah. get a commission together. They mm-hmm. have six months to, to get it. You know, figure out what they're going to with conservatives mm-hmm. and ex justices and people that know what they're talking, constitutional, you know, scholars, et cetera, et cetera. And they have six months to get to me and then we'll decide on what to do because this is wrong and it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the that's the answer. It's yes. not like, hey, I'm going to expand it to 27 justices, which I think would be awesome. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> everybody keeps saying 11. I go, no, 13. Yeah, 13. I'm with you on 13. Baker's dozen people. Let's yes. go. <laughs> well, uh, and I, I keep pointing. I think it was Greg Oliar who said, and it, you know, there, uh, there's 13 circuit courts now, isn't yeah. that? And there used to be nine. So right. yeah, let's take it up to that. And and then we can have you know Justice Anita Hill. Yes. Um, yes. You know, Absolutely. Having Joe Biden appoint J- Anita Hill. Oh I know God. she's too old, but she'll live a long time. Um, <laughs> just if, if if Justice Thomas were to retire, she needs to replace Justice. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Oh my God! Although you know what, they're in the, all of the and then a bunch of thirty-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the conservative justices are only in their seventies, so you right. know they could be there for a while. They could. They could. I mean, it's it's entirely possible. What's funny is like when when Amy COVID Barrett was talking about being an originalist and a textualist. Right. Yes. So. Uh, uh, Justice Thomas, how do you feel about loving being overturned? Because then you and your wife won't be married. Right. Yes, just, exactly. Just going to point that one out there. Because that's... <laughs> if precedent well, doesn't count, like right. with Griswold, then yeah. how should loving count? Because that was only a couple of years later. Well, uh, but the bottom line is, is that it just doesn't matter to them. They're just, they just don't give a shit about mm. whatever has taken place before, what anybody has done or said before, the rule of law, norms, traditions, they just don't give a shit. They yeah. are clearly on their last gasp and that power grab is so egregious and awful. And, you know, I mean, it's really hard for me. I think that, I think the, it, 
the Emmy COVID Barrett thing is <laughs> probably the most difficult. I mean, obviously, as we've been experiencing Trump's abuse over the years, it's been a cumulative thing. So mm-hmm. I guess that in and of itself is worse. But what makes me feel like the most, I don't know, defeated, if you will, is her. I mean, and I'm not, I don't feel defeated like I'm going to stop, but it's it's fucking crushing. It's mm-hmm. crushing that this is happening. And I hope that at some point we do figure out how to get term limits because, you know, I mean, I, I saw today that Volatile Mermaid on Twitter was screaming at some guy about uh, because he had said that Obama asked her, asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire in 2013, and she didn't. I know they had a conversation, and I couldn't read the article because I think it was something I wasn't subscribed to. But mm-hmm. I don't look at it that way. No, I, don't I, I look at it in the way that both Breyer and um, Bader, Bader Ginsburg mm-hmm. should have, I think at that time, I think it would have been a better choice. I don't want to say should have. I think it would have been a better choice if they said, okay, we're going to look at our ages, mm-hmm. and we're going to look at the fact that here's the first fucking black man. Is he even going to make it? Is he going to be able to fulfill two terms? Mm-hmm. We don't know. All we know is the pendulum swings, you know, back and forth, and there's a good shot that, you know, whether it's next term or whatever, uh, there's going to be a a Republican Congress, and we might not be able to get liberal justices in there. So Mm -hmm. let's let's look at it in in the long run. And and I wish every justice. I'm not pointing my finger at her, Mm -hmm. because Breyer is in the same position, and I Mm -hmm. think all the. Republicans right now, I think a lot of, you know, all of the older Republicans, I mean, if they were, if they were going to be smart in their strategy, they'd fucking retire Mm -hmm. and they would have let Trump appoint younger people. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I want that, but I mean, it just, if you think about it strategically, it makes more sense because you're, Mm -hmm. if it is going to be a lifetime appointment, then you're guaranteed you don't have somebody, you know, dying. I mean, fucking Scalia died. And right. then, of course, the Republicans took advantage of that. Obama should have been able to replace him, and they didn't allow that because they had right. the power. But still, it's the same idea. It's like it's crushing to the conservative. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that we have, you know, liberal conservative. Unfortunately, it, sh- it, sh- it should go back to back in the day when it was just straightforward, you know, rule of law. And, yeah, we have our opinions and all that stuff. But it, now it, it is like an activist court. And it because it it just has to be, you know, I mean, it's got to be almost because unless you have people like Merrick Garland who will just go by the law. But it's 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 we have this woman who's not going to just go by the law. now. And and, and, no. And and um, (laughs) and I don't I mean, I want to be very clear. It's not about pointing fingers. Right. It's, It's about. When you play a football game and then, you know, the, the football game is played and then they go look over the tape and they go, what could we do n- different next time? Mm-hmm. So I feel like understanding her death is going to affect so many people right. for a very long time. Which it shouldn't have to. Exactly. Right. Uh, we, need to f- we need to go over what we got wrong. Mm-hmm. and say let's prevent that in the future so you know right. i mean that's what i think we need to do and and i look we've got briar and he's 82 years old i think the yeah. first thing he fucking has to do when biden wins is retire so biden can replace him with somebody younger and it's not ableism it's not ageism because you know i mean there's a lot of things if ruth bader ginsburg had decided to retire in uh 2010 yeah nine or, yeah. or ten 
Um, there's all kinds of things that she could have done. I mean, I, and again, it's not a criticism. It's because this is the way our, you know, it's the same thing. It's like Elizabeth Warren wasn't going to take corporate money while she was uh, running in the primary. But of course, of she yeah. was eventually going to take it. Right. And I'm never going to criticize her for that because she needs it. Right. She needs it and she would have needed it in order to be competitive. And right. so the system that we have set up right now, it's lifetime appointments. And so and we've never had a crazy man like Trump. Nobody could have anticipated him, but we could have absolutely anticipated another conservative president. Right. So, you know, and, and because it was a black man and we weren't sure how that was going to go, we didn't know what kinds of elections. I just, you know, it's like I think that we need to be more proactive in, in future, de you know, decisions for the future. How is this right. how is this going to play out? What are the possibilities and what's the best angle we have to save the our place on the court? And so, you know, I mean, it's 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 very upsetting because this nomination and this confirmation is I think one of the hard it's it's to me it's even harder than Kavanaugh because she's yeah. a fucking woman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh my God. I, I mean, I expect it from patriarchal motherfuckers like Brett Kavanaugh. Right. And it's upsetting when he gets on, but it's like this woman is beyond the pale. I mean, she it seems like she's even worse than Kavanaugh. She and she talks like this. I know. Um uh she's she first off she didn't answer any no. fucking questions. Secondly, I believe she committed perjury a couple of times, so we could impeach her potentially. Yeah. Um just like we can impeach Kavanaugh for the same infraction. Um and, and, I mean, her religion makes her Mhm. Mm turn to her husband for yeah. guidance so he should have been questioned yes um <laughs> i know exactly oh my yeah it's just we got i, I would much prefer to see term limits yes, you know rokana has rokana and um mark pokan and, and i want to say a couple people in the senate but it, their names are escaping me do have bills yeah. ready to go where it's like an 18 year term wow i, I would even go for 10 i'd go 8 to 10 but you know i mean it just Let's just fucking start with something. But basically, an 18-year <laughs> term would basically allow every president most likely to be able to appoint at least one justice. I see. Okay. Um, well, that, that's but it interesting. Wouldn't affect, it wouldn't affect the current makeup of the court because obviously, by law, they would be grandfathered in as lifetime appointments, mm -hmm. which is understandable. That was the job that they were offered. That was the yes. understanding in the contract. Right. So you can't really rescind that yeah. promise. I completely agree with that as much as I hate it. I do yeah. agree with it. Um, so basically, it would be from justices at this point on, which is, again, put 13 on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know. Yes. All right, kids, we got 18 years with these four, and yeah. look at how old those guys are. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's it. I mean, I think when it comes down to age in politics, especially when people's lives are in your hands, yeah. it's it's very important to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. And it's not about ability, because you could be absolutely fine and perfectly able, but after you hit a certain age, there's more likelihoods of shit going wrong. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not, it's nobody's fault. And it doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing something. So there are, I mean, you look at fucking Betty White and, you know, yeah. she's, she's an amazing woman, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg up until the day of her death. I mean, she's so fucking sharp. Mm -hmm. She was so sharp and she, she, there was no slowdown. It's just that her body got fucking sick. 
And you know what I mean? It's like, I'm looking at my mom right now and she's, she's mentally sharp, but she's got, you know, she doesn't have cancer, but she's got issues with her hips and she's got arthritis and pain and that affects her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's like, I, it's true. I think 18 years sounds okay. I mean, like I, I've, I I can, I can get down with 18 or less, Mm -hmm. but it's just something because right now we have learned that the way our system is set up is it can be very detrimental to the entire nation. If Mm -hmm. we lose the affordable care act, it's like, that's something that frightens me, but I feel like, all right, Biden said there would be Biden care. They've got the fucking template. They've got the blueprint mm-hmm. that they can work right. off of. So whatever took them, you know, the time to get that done, we don't even have to worry about that. It's pretty much all written out. Now we just have to, you know, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, make it better mm-hmm. and then get the votes. And well, that's and the thing. I mean, just because they're hearing it in two weeks doesn't doesn't mean, mean it's going to go away into they're weeks. not going to rule on it until june yeah. or march or something right. so it's it's like if 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 we all do our part yes and the last day of voting we go to bed that night knowing who won the entire eastern seaboard goes blue yeah um then we know uh if that happens and he gets elected and and trump takes his ball and goes home yeah. to russia um, <laughs> they're not gonna November take 4th, him <laughs> um or brazil or wherever yeah. you know <laughs> The Philippines with Duterte, uh, <laughs> wherever he wants to go without an extradition treaty. Then we, you know, noon on January mm-hmm, 20, mm-hmm. 12.01 p.m., yes. you know, inside the Oval, because he's not going to have a big inauguration. I yeah. know that. It's going to be a small ceremony right. inside the Oval. Um, boom. He's, you know, he's already got everything ready. Yes. <laughs> that's the you only know? thing that's keeping me going yeah. because I swear to God, I think I told you I sobbed when Mitt Romney was like, yeah, let's go forward with the vote. I just, I know. Bob thought somebody died because yeah. I was just sobbing and it was just, you know what I mean? I sobbed for myself, but I sobbed for all of it. I mean, it's so, ju- and then now we're seeing Murkowski and Collins are going to sign Ugh. on. And I just, I mean, Gross. you know, I saw somebody on Twitter say, does Collins not want to win her seat back? Because I know what's the, you know, something has to be, I I don't know, maybe they were threatened. Something, 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 because Murkowski's not even running yeah. right now. So I don't understand that. If she were running, I could kind of understand it, but yeah. still it makes no sense since most of us aren't for this. Right. But um, Collins, it's like, girl, you really want to lose your seat. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, you know, I guess so. She good. I don't get it. But somebody on Twitter said something like, you know, okay, Dems, can you stop acting surprised when Republicans let you down? It's like, it's not surprise. I, I, of course, I'm not surprised no. that they did it. You're hopeful because you saw their vote on health care. Right. So you're like, well, if they voted for health care, maybe they'll vote for this because it's about fucking health care. Right. And, you know, and then they didn't. So it's like, was I surprised? No, I'm never surprised when Republicans act like fucking assholes. But it's just it's like, come on, man. Can't there be three? Can't there just right. be three? We and I guess not. Nope. I guess nope. not. It's just nope. it's. But, you know, going back to Putin, I don't you, you must have seen that story yesterday that yeah. Putin rejected uh, Netanyahu that, as well. I know both of them yeah. <laughs> rejected that. Um, Hunter Biden uh, did right. anything illegal. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. And I think mainly that is a signal, in my opinion, that Putin thinks Trump will lose. Yeah, that the, whatever they were trying to do isn't going to work. Yes. And that and that if that's the case, that he he obviously they're cheating and they're they're yeah. 
attacking us and they are looking for a Trump win. But mm-hmm. but that was so, that spoke volumes because that mm-hmm. tells me, you know, like that's one of the things that when we're, you know, I know Bob and, and I'm not mocking him for this, but he gets concerned. You know, every, all of us are going, woohoo, look at all this money. He's like, why are you assuming it's all for Biden? And, you know, I'm not sure. And, and, well, and no, I see where he's coming yeah. from, that it could be that, that Putin's planting the seed that, see, I'm working for him now. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. And, you know, but I, but I think I think that I just think that it, sh- it, it, it at least it tells me that Putin doesn't have whatever he needs to probably not to push it over. So, I mean, I'm hopeful. I don't know. It's a guess. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and it's like, you know, I know Bob's overly concerned. And, and I just I just told him, I said, look, I I'm not overly excited. I'm right. just I'm hopeful and I'm taking, you know what, Democrats always, and I wrote a fucking book about it, urge voting. We always want people to vote because we also know that the more people vote, Democrats will win. But it's good to see voter participation and and just Mm -hmm. that all by itself makes me feel like this is something we should be celebrating. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, we should be celebrating this. And we, you know, and we are. And so I think that and I also just think that it shows you from the start. I mean, I go all the way back to January 21st, 2017, mm-hmm. when everybody went out and marched. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, and then every election since then, the Democrats have dominated. And But I think it's like we've all been waiting since November 8, 2016 for this day. Well, it was funny. Somebody uh, was going by, I, th- I want to say it was in Philly a line, you know, people trying to vote and somebody yelled to the line, how long have you been waiting? And a guy yells back, four years. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And it's true. You know, I keep like going back to times when I was doing podcasts with Bob in 2017 and we were talking about whether it was Spicer hiding in the bushes or, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it all, it's like, did you see the, uh, the Comey rule? Yes, I did. So, I mean, it was funny because here we were watching it seems like yesterday and, and then it seems like forever ago. It still pissed me off watching that. Movie. Oh, yeah. It totally pissed me off. But it was like all these things that we kind of we've moved on now, uh-huh. you know, from Spicer hiding in the bushes and lying about the inauguration size. Right. We're, we're so far fucking beyond that now. How many fucking millions of things have happened in between to just set us off into rage and and anger and fear and sadness. And now is the it's like here it is. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning and I thought, oh my God, next fucking Monday, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I mean, it's going to be, it's both Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday of next week, especially mm-hmm. in the morning are going to be so surreal because I always feel this way that you, you're like, I can't wait to get a voting day. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then it's here and you don't know what's going to happen. And you're like, mm-hmm. like you want an extra week. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah, you got I, just, it. I, I think that the difference, like I said, even more enthusiasm and or fear mm-hmm. than in 92. Um, yeah. Because uh, Bill Clinton, definitely, his charisma is mm-hmm. insane. I, I got to meet him in 2000, and it was when Secretary Clinton was running for the Senate. And so it was a fundraiser here, the infamous fundraiser in Manifold Canyon. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, Secretary Clinton was sitting at her table, and the president was across the person's backyard you know Cher performed Michael uh, wow it was it was huge huge night and um 
So, you know, we're in this kind of receiving line to meet President Clinton and my mom's in front of me and Cameron Mannheim's behind me. And I'm like, famous person, famous person, famous person, me, famous person, famous person, famous person, you know. And, um, you know, my mom is chats with him for a minute and I'm chatting with Cameron behind me because she uh, used to be a sign language interpreter. So I was chatting with her about that. And um, my mom turns and she says, Mr. President, this is my daughter, Jody," And the room just went from this giant room of famous people to just the two of us hmm. wow um and he really like yeah. he zones in on yeah. you he looks at your eyes mm-hmm. and i'm like hi Hussein Harford. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like i mean meeting roger daltrey and pete townsend similar um <laughs> i met brad pitt that night not the wow. same nice wow. guy very sweet he and his his now ex-wife that apparently they're dating again i don't know um <laughs> They were at Which the, one was it? Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer. Yeah. It was Jennifer. Um, lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were at Secretary Clinton's table, and that's how I met them. But, um, but it was just like the, the everything just stopped. Mm-hmm. And as we walked away, I looked at Mom. I said, "Now I get it." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Yeah, there's something about him." I'm like, "It's just insane." Wow. He just has this. Uh, I get why women drop trowel for the guy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I didn't have that experience, but that we, I remember that it was like such a brief, he, you know, kind of passing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a stop talk introduction. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, it's Clinton. And then, you know, hi, vote for me and then off. But, um, that's funny. Yeah. We were walking behind Melissa Etheridge. She goes, yeah, I get it. You know, it's like, <laughs> see, even the gays, um, <laughs> He, he definitely, he definitely is a unique kind. Of, he loves to talk to the people. I mean, that there was that does. movie. What was that movie? Primary Colors. Yes. And it really, it, my father, you know, followed him mm-hmm. uh, on the campaign, and he was the photographer and you know, mm-hmm. like cameraman. And he said, "Yeah, he genuinely fucking loves it. Yeah. He listens to people. It's not he an act. He, no, it's he not. really he likes it." It's a thing. He forgets whoever's around him and whatever, whoever he's talking to is the person he's talking to and yeah. you can't interrupt him. He's, and then when he's finished, he moves on to the next person. But yeah. you are very important to him at that moment in time. It's like in watching the Pete Souza documentary Ugh, the other day. That was so beautiful. It's funny because he talked about how he has to disappear in a room. Mm-hmm. And when we got to meet Obama um, in 2013, because my mom got the Mark Twain Prize, and um, we didn't know we were going to get to meet him. We were hoping, but we didn't know. And and that was when the shutdown was still happening. Mm-hmm. And so they basically, they're like, okay, you've got between 1030 and 11 on the Monday, because we were supposed to leave on Sunday and it was going to be Monday. So all of our plane had to change, you know? <laughs> and um, so we were all right and we're excited, you know? Yeah. So we get, we get there, and then he was talking about the Affordable Care Act, and somebody who was pregnant fainted behind him while he was talking. Oh so they had to <laughs> rush to this poor woman. Um, but so we finally, you know, get in to meet him, and Pete Souza was taking the photographs. Oh wow! And so I have this great picture of as we're walking, the president opened the door to the, you know, the there's the door to his secretary, and then there's the other door to the other side, you mm-hmm. know, um, like the the Oval Office, the desk, the windows behind the desk, and it's the door to the left. And the president opened the door and said, come on in. Wow. And so, and there's Sousa behind him. And he was in the room the whole time. You didn't see him. Hmm. He's, and he's not like he's, he's not fat or anything, but you know, he's got <laughs> a lot of gear on him. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's doing things and he's taking pictures. But it was like, he disappeared into the wallpaper. Wow. 
until we had to do the posing photograph right. of all of us. And then that's one thing that's different. But like the photograph that he took of my mom and the president and my mom's husband where she's got her hand on Mark Twain's bust. <laughs> and because um, that's the prize. Right. And it was just kind of a casual, you know, it was the photograph of the day, actually, that day. Wow. Um, and it's like, you know, we were just sitting on the couches just looking at the president, you know? <laughs> right. And for those of you who are not aware, Jody's mom is Carol Burnett. So that's that's why she's been invited to these amazing events. <laughs> exactly, because I wouldn't get in otherwise. Well, no I'm, I'm fucking not... <laughs> way would I get in otherwise. Well, you know, I felt really good because I don't know if you know, do you know Madison Kimry? No, I don't. She, she is a girl. She's a a woman now, but I mean, I met her when she was 12. Oh, and I remember yeah. her. Yes. She's fantastic. Yeah. I met her when she was 12 years old and she had written this open letter to governor Crory of, mm-hmm. I guess, North Carolina, because I, they had gotten rid of the, the thing where the, what is it called when you can vote early or, or you can pre-register to vote. That's pre-register, So yeah, it's like it. for 16 and 17 year olds. So they got right. rid of that. And Madison is like a phenom. She's incredibly She's intelligent. Great. And so I, I saw this online and I, I I remember it was like late at night and I saved it. And then the next day I wanted to write about her. I was writing for liberals United at the time. And then I found her on Twitter or wherever I found her. And it was just so funny because she was tweeting to me, I think she was at like a playground and you know, we were, and you know, she had written this amazing fucking open letter and then she's tweeting for me, like tweeting to me from a playground anyway. So we became friendly and eventually what wound up happening was, well, I wanted her to, I was always looking for somebody to break through for the equal rights amendment. Like who could, you know, so I was thinking maybe Madison. And I remember I had Mm -hmm. suggested that she watched iron, iron jawed angels, which Mm -hmm. she did. And when she did, it kind of clicked with, with Alice Paul and the ERA and all that stuff. And so she did write, you know, she wrote an open letter to Phyllis Schlafly. That was fucking kick ass. She got all kinds of attention. But the thing was, is that I wanted uh, her to get a byline on liberals unite because I knew she would probably be taken advantage of uh, other sites that maybe, you know, I mean, if it were like Huffington post or something, they would have been fine. But you know, there was a lot of ind- independent blogs that I think would have just wanted to take advantage of her. And I know the guy that I was working with, Sam, he never did. It was like she got to write whatever the fuck she wanted. And, you know, he would always, you know, make graphics for her and photo, you know, Aww. stuff. It, it, and she really was treated with respect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she got her own attention. And I will say, and I'm saying this because um, I know that I played a part Right. And it was a part because it was her brain and it was her um, just, you know, tenacity and all of that that got her to where she to, to rise as far as she did. But I mean, she was working on Hillary Clinton's campaign. In fact, mm-hmm. they called Sam to vet her. And wow. and then Obama invited her to the fucking White House. That's so and cool. so she got to go meet Obama and she went in the Oval Office. I'm sure people, Susan was there. And, you know, I mean, so I, I feel like it wasn't me who got her there, but Sam and I absolutely had a hand in doing it. And I feel That's like, cool. you know, I mean, I don't think she's political. She's not doing, uh, I think right now she's just, I haven't talked to her, but she's going to school and I know yeah. she's also an actress. So she's, she's focusing on all that. I'm sure she's doing, you know, whatever she can to get Biden elected. I'm sure she can't stay away from it, but 
um, you know, I'm, whatever college she's going to, I imagine she's part of some kind of democratic group or whatever. I'm but, sure she is. You know, but it was like, that was really thrilling to see. And, you know, yeah. I've never been, the only thing I got to meet, I got to meet Clinton that one time. And then my dad was in, I used to live in Glendale, California, and he was, mm-hmm. he was in Glendale and he was with Bob Dole. And so... I met. Well, I mean, Bob I've met. Dole. Let me think of the presidents that I've met. Um, yeah, I've met. Well, I only met Bill before he was a president. I met President Reagan in '85 at the Kennedy Center because a friend of my mom's was being honored, so she took me, and I got to dance with Barishnikov. So really? Cool. Oh yeah. my god! That's yeah, a life resume cool. thing. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, he was he was lovely. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he was. He was. Just <laughs> so lovely. And Roddy McDowell was my date. Oh. Um, and uh, I got to I met uh, Bush Senior uh-huh. at the Kennedy at the Kennedy Center when my mom got it, and Bush Junior gave it to her. Wow. Or was you know I didn't meet Bush Junior mainly because I I. Because I'd been to the Kennedy Center before, I was loathing this. Because when I went, we kind of were forced to meet the president. Mm -hmm. Like there was a receiving line as soon as you got into the White House where you got your picture taken with the president and the first lady and you moved on. And so I was was, like my sister and I were waiting to go into this little area where I had remembered from 85 that the president's going to be there and I don't really want to say it's nice to meet you sir because I really don't like him and but I don't want to be rude to the president you know you know there's this whole yes. th- you know thing going on in my head and but when we turned this corner it was just a wall of press <laughs> and it, like prior to that they would introduce a you know famous person and they walk and they take pictures and ask questions and yeah yeah and they walk through and then so they introduce Jody Hamilton and Aaron Hamilton and as we walk nobody's saying anything no pictures are being taken. So we're almost all the way out. And somebody goes, that's Carol Burnett's kids. And then they go, excuse me. <laughs> so we literally kind of backed up, right? It was like, you know, it was a rewind. And we're like, hi, yeah, hi. You know, <laughs> and oh my went God. through. Uh, so it was like, okay, at least I didn't have to meet the president. Yes, and then right. we got upstairs to this little reception area. And I had to pee. <laughs> and um, there was George and uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bush Sr., um, George and Barbara and I looked at my sister and I went I bet they know where the bathroom is <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> I mean they used to live here uh, I'm sure they know where it is and but I ended up asking you know right. somebody that worked there you know I wasn't going to interrupt but I'm sure they would have found that funny yes oh my god know? that is funny and so when we you know I went to the loo and I still have um, the really nice linen paper napkins from wow. the, the presidential seal on them mm-hmm. um so we come back and we're sitting. My mom finally came in from where she had been. So she and her husband and Aaron and my aunt and I are all sitting at the small little table that was at the foot of these stairs that were, you know, velvet roped off because that went up to the residence. And George Sr., the wow. vice president, comes on by to introduce himself to my mother. And so <laughs> we all stand up, you know, very, very nice. He's, mm-hmm. she, we sit down and then he's standing behind my aunt and starts giving her a shoulder massage oh my god that's so fucking funny it's where that's where june that's where baby gets it that's oh where baby george god. gets it from he gets it from his daddy um but yeah when but there was an opportunity for me to meet junior and i was like you know mom i don't have to unless you really want me to and she says no you don't don't worry about it um you know so yeah those three and then obama and clinton wow uh and president ford hmm. wow I met him at uh, Dinah Shore's memorial. That's crazy. Wow. He spoke. Well, that. that's interesting and not surprising. Yeah, 
it was the year that I knew too many people that died. It, um, mm. in th- within three weeks, I knew th- two or three people. Oh, awful. And, um, well, my brother had passed away, and then Dinah, and uh, it was three weeks later. Wow. <laughs> it was funny and silly all at the same time, because at my brother's service, he was very good friends with Miguel Ferrer. Mm-hmm. And so Miguel was there, and his mother, Rosemary Clooney, was there, because Rosie loved my brother. And so I see her at Joey's service and hugs, kisses the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. And a few weeks later, my mom invites me to go to Dinah's memorial mm-hmm. at the DGA in West Hollywood. So we're sitting in the green room and Rosie walks in and I, she goes, we have to stop meeting. <laughs> That's sad, though. That is sad. <laughs> I mean, it was. It, it was like, really, no, no yeah. shit, you know. Um, and at her service, when I was with her son, he was. I told her. I told him that story. Miguel thought that was funny. He goes, no, that's, that's fucking true, man. And that's you her, know? yeah. Yeah, wow. that, was, that was Rosie. She was, she was a deer. I yeah. loved her. Well, you know, my dad had said that when he was working for, he worked at the White House for Bush Sr. And was just talking about how, like, loved and would play over and over and over again the the Dana Carvey impersonation. But, (laughs) like, he would, like, have you seen this? And he would show it to everyone. And he thought it was the greatest thing. That's nice. It is nice. But then he would say Junior, W, would be, like, in the corner pissed off and that he was the big dick. And you know what? I mean, I don't like George Sr.'s policies at all, at all. But I think that he was a good man. I think he was a patriot. And we just disagree. Mm-hmm. on the way the country should be run. And I think obviously he made decisions that I would never no, vote for. Same here. Yeah. But do I think that he was an evil man? No. no. Uh, I don't think W was evil. I, I don't just, think so either. He I, was just, he was being led by others. Yes. And I think Rove and, uh, and Cheney are Cheney. evil. Yeah. Yes. They're evil. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I love Hillary Clinton called Cheney, Darth Vader. And yeah, I mean, he is fucking evil, but it's like, I remember when the, Bush president, the W presidency was happening. And, you know, there were, there was a book, um, Bushisms and it was all the stupid Mm -hmm. shit he said. Mm -hmm. And I I just remember thinking like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out who he was. Uh I couldn't figure out what it would be like to have a conversation with him, just a normal one, not a presidential one. And, and, and then that movie W came out and it like it, I was like, Oh, He's just a fucking jock. That's what it is. He's like yeah. a dumb jock. Well, he it was interesting because I was in the room when they they did that in the I forget what the room is called, um, but they had everybody that was on the dais that was getting the Kennedy Center honored. James Brown, my mom, Re, um, uh, Loretta Lynn. Um, it was a really nice group of people, and so the president is there speaking. Now I'm in the way back of the room, standing, um, and it's a big room, but it's not that big, you know. You mm-hmm. know Maybe a couple hundred people were in there. And I'm watching him in person speak. And you know when he would used to kind of grin on TV? Mm-hmm. Whenever I saw it on TV, I was like, that looks maniacal. Mm-hmm. But in person, super charming. Interesting. I was like in the room going, wow, he's charming. This yeah. is weird. Well, and I could see that. I mean, he he has a way about him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, don't fucking at me on this people because I no do shit. not like him. I would never vote for him again. Same he was here. incompetent, blah, blah, blah. Right, but right, right. if you're just going to take a, you know, if you're going to stand back 
and you're going to look at him. I understand why certain, you know, especially conservatives, why they liked him because he sure. did. He seemed like the Texas good old, good old boy. He seemed Absolutely. like that guy you would sit down, which I don't think should be why we a vote thing. for presidents. But yeah. yeah, sure. You could have a beer with him and, and you could talk to him about just everyday stuff. Unlike Mitt Romney, who didn't know what a donut was. But <laughs> but um, I vote for Paris Hilton over Mitt Romney because she at least she thought Walmart sold walls because the name. God bless her. Oh my God! Uh, but yeah, Mitt Romney didn't even know what a fucking donut was. I just—I'll no, never get over that. And then his wife. Do has they not a, have donuts in Mormon? I know. Circles? It's like how I is mean, that? How is that? But that just shows you how out of touch. But it's like yes, he was just George W. Had a certain charm, mm-hmm. and and you know, I mean, he wasn't a bad-looking man. And mm-hmm. it's not to say if I said that in front of Bob, oh my God, he would just—he would make it out as if like, oh my God, you want to have sex with W. <laughs> <laughs> He did that. He did that with Mark Kasowitz because, you know, the lawyer, Trump's lawyer, Mark Kasowitz, I had made the mistake once early on of saying he's not a bad looking guy. Doesn't mean I think he's good looking. Right. It just means he's I don't think he's sting. ugly. And and it's like and ever since then, Bob has given me shit like I, I'm in love with him. It's so funny. Oh, but funny. Um, but yeah, shall I, mean, I get you a cardboard cutout that's life size? Yeah. Send it to us for Christmas. I'll put it in our bedroom. I think we still have a life size cutout of Joe Biden. Oh, thank you for Mr. President because he oh, was he showed up at my 40th or whatever birthday party. And wow. Like, oh, the vice president has shown up at my 40th birthday party. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, uh, let's see. I was I wanted to. Did have you seen? There are two videos out right now. Fucking Jared Kushner being a racist motherfucker. Have you seen them? I'm not surprised. Well, let me see the first one, which is the worst and the most egregious one. Um, he said, "President Trump's policies are the policies that can help black people, uh, or can I'm sorry, can help break people out of the problems that they're complaining about." But he can't want them to be successful more than they want to be successful. So he was talking about black people and he was talking about how basically he basically just said black people are lazy. Mm -hmm. That's what he was just saying. Oh, my fucking God. And there was I don't know. He said something else that was stupid. And I don't know if I retweeted it and I have to go look for it. But it's it's like it, it seems to me what's happening now. And I don't know if I'm right about this, but it just seems to me that they are. I think like they're doubling down mm-hmm. on their most awful, just their most awful traits. I don't know why. Cause they think this is the last push. And if like the more racist they are, they're going to win over anybody. I mean, what are they thinking? I, just, I don't, I, yes, the country has a horrible, horrible problem with, with racism and misogyny and all of that. We yeah. do. And the underbelly of it has been exposed. Yeah. Um, and it has been allowed to grow to a certain extent or be accepted yeah. to a certain extent, but they're still the minority, thank God. Yeah. Um, you know, every, when 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 Trump was elected, I said, anybody watching It's a Wonderful Life this year, you're on Potter's side. Yes. Yes. It's exactly it. I just, but I feel like what I don't understand is how they can go this last stretch. I don't and, either. you know, I mean, it would seem to me they would go in the opposite direction. Like that seems to make, well, in that they, that they would at least try to maybe not go in the opposite direction, but not emphasize their racism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like they're emphasizing it. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that I went to college with my friend James in particular. I mean, he was in my freshman class. We met on orientation. I mean, I've known him for 36 years. Um, And he's a, he's a staunch Republican. I mean, since the day I met him. Right. Mm -hmm. 
He is so gung ho for Joe Biden. I've never seen him <laughs> like this. Um, oh, please. And and he is like he's like I'm. He hasn't qu- switched his party affiliation, but he's leaning towards becoming an independent. Interesting. Um, because he's like, I don't like what Trumpism has done to his yeah. party, and that's the right thing to do. Yes. You need to start a new party. Yeah. Take some of the blue dogs with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's just the party and my friend Craig, who I went to high school with, same thing, you know, and, and these are conservative Republicans mm-hmm. that that grew up in the old school. I mean, Reagan started it. I, yeah. Sorry, but he did. Yeah, he did. I mean, I would have been an Eisenhower Republican because he was awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he ran on Social Security. He right. ran on unemployment. Yeah. He ran on labor. I mean, he ran on everything. He would have been a Democrat now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would be the only Republican in modern history that I would have voted for. Hmm. Um, I mean, my mom, you know, without Roosevelt, uh, without FDR, my mom wouldn't have eaten as a child. And same with my dad. Right. So, we, wow. you know, I grew up in a Democra- hardcore Democratic family. Yeah. Um, in fact, in the 70s, when I was learning, you know, fifth, sixth grade about civics, my dad said, always pick a party because he remembered the 50s. Yeah. And if you were an independent, you were considered a, a communist. Hmm. He said, pick a party. I don't care what you pick, but pick one. Interesting. Yeah. Because you don't have to vote that way, but pick one because, you know, you could get in trouble in the future, hmm. which is not the case, thankfully, right. nowadays. But um, Yeah, but that's that, what it was then. It was then, and he grew up, you know, he was in his 20s, yeah. you know, during that time period, and it scared the crap out of him. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's the old school Republicans, the Bob Doles, mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the John Boehners, yeah, they, John Boehner's selling pot. God bless him. Um, Yeah, but the price was right, so. It's very true. He ain't, he he ain't a fool. Um, and, but don't, John, don't smoke pot and drink wine. (laughs) No. You will get dizzy and that's not a good plan. The brown liquor and the pot do not mix. No, just do one or the other. One or the other. You can't do both. No, it's, uh, you know, and I've learned the hard way. <laughs> oh, my, me too. Oh, my God. This guy I dated years and years ago. is a huge stoner. But he also liked his red wine. And so one oh. night we, we had some friends over and I said, are we going out? And he goes, why? I said, well, I've had like, you know, three glasses of wine and now you want me to get stoned. I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> well, okay. I got to tell you this story. When I was, I don't know, I think I was like 21 or something, 22, something very young. And my girlfriend and I, or maybe I was, maybe I was a little bit older, but still early 20s. We went to this work party of hers. Mm-hmm. I think she was working for Macy's. And so we were looking around. There was all these young people. You know, we were young people. So it was like the young people all hanging out with each other. And, and we were asking everybody if they had any pot and nobody mm-hmm. had any pot. So I decided, okay, there's no pot. I'll have some alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I didn't get drunk, but I got Don't tipsy right. and all of a sudden, lo and behold, there's somebody with some pot. Right. And, and so we go outside and there, we're, we're sitting in this group and I like totally try to get the biggest fucking hit I can because I get like <laughs> one shot on this joint and then everybody's right. sharing it. So right. I took this massive hit and I got so high that and I think it was the combination of the alcohol and then and then so I would I couldn't like we were sitting and I was afraid to stand up because I was afraid that my legs were going to give out Mm -hmm. and I had to have people like help me up and we we walked into it was starting to like I remember we walked into whatever room we were in I don't know what what it was was some hotel or whatever and so we were sitting outside of the hotel room because I could it was it was my friend my girlfriend and then this guy that worked 
at Macy's. Uh-huh. And I and I think he kind of liked us. Either uh-huh. either one would have been fine with him. Right. And um, you know, he's just like he was just trying. He was really sweet, but he was trying. And so you know, we was getting to the point where I mean, I couldn't move. I was so afraid to stand up because I thought I'd pass out. Oh, and yeah. uh, so anyway, she gets up. She's like, I'm going to go get she was really cool. She's like, I'm going to go get my cult. Just stay here. So she gets our stuff. And while she is, you know, getting our stuff, this guy, he's just he doesn't know what to do with me. And I'm, I'm such a fucking mess. And I looked at him and I said, I feel so sorry for you right now. And like the look <laughs> that came over his face, like, why? And I, and I said, oh, because you have to deal with me. That's why I feel so. <laughs> and, and so it's like, I, I know that he was thinking, what the fuck is she talking about? So eventually we leave and we, we were in her car. And I wouldn't let her drive because I was, I was just, I knew that she had to feel the same way I did. Right. And so I kept saying, we can't leave yet. We can't leave that. And the parking lot is empty. And then finally a security guard comes up and he's like, you guys have to move along now. And she was really a good friend because she, she wasn't getting angry at me while I was just insisting she couldn't drive. And (laughs) eventually, obviously we got home, but I'll never forget that. And I do believe it was the last time I ever did both at the same time. It was like, that was not fun. I did it when, when I was seeing that guy. I was like, because he had this bong and he always got really good weed. And, <laughs> and it'd be, it would literally be like, are we leaving? Because <laughs> I can't, you know, and this one night he had two friends over and I took this big hit and boom, spins. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I can't, you know, yeah. I definitely, and I'm not really a drinker. I can't drink because if I, I mean, I, I was watching... God, I think I was watching the last of uh, the morning show. Have you been watching that? Or have you seen it? I have that? not watched it's it. It's really, I... really, really good. I gotta <laughs> say, man, it's fucking great. Well, I have an academy passcode that I can watch things like that because I'm in the TV academy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I highly recommend it. It's, okay. You know what? And I will say that it continues to get better, especially like this. the last, I think it's like the last three um, episodes of the season are so fucking good, but it's it's so worth it. But there was, you know, there was some stressful incident happening on the show, and you know they go for the drink, and right. and I and it's like I never go for the drink because I'll always fucking regret it. But I I mean I like <laughs> that initial right. feeling, you know, it's it's euphoric, it feels wonderful, and I mean I'm a happy drunk. I get you know I get I'm really happy and loving and happy and friendly and all that, but it's like I'm I'm good for about an hour and a half. And then I, as soon as I can start tasting it in my mouth, that's, it's over. I, I, hate, right. I hate the fucking taste of alcohol in my mouth. And if I try to sleep, ugh. And then I just feel like shit for two days. And I've had hangovers from like two glasses of alcohol, whether it's wine or anything. I've wow. had a hangover the next day. I just do not handle it well. Yeah, I'm Irish, so. <laughs> and I wish, like, I, I wonder how it is for people that, you know, I mean, like, my mom has a couple of glasses of wine with dinner. And obviously, she's been doing this for so long now. She, do- she doesn't get high. Right. It's just maybe there's a relaxation that goes along with it, but it's not like she gets high. Or, I mean, if I had two glasses of wine with dinner, I would be kind of drunk for me. So, um, you know, I mean, oh, I wouldn't honey. be fall down drunk, but I would feel it. And it's like, but she's been doing it for so long. It's like she doesn't feel it at all. And, you know, but I know that she gets something from it. I just, and maybe if I had, if I did it every night, I would build up that tolerance. But I've just never, especially wine. And I think it must be, I guess, the You might have a sulfite allergy. Or sulfite, yeah. But it's also if I drink anything. And when I used to drink, though, I would drink vodka. Because Mm. vodka seems like the cleanest 
It's a clean, it's clean vodka gin. Anything that's at yeah. 80 proof or higher is a yeah. cleaner alcohol. And it just, sure. I mean, I'd always have a hangover, but it wasn't quite as bad. But I mean, my, my drink though, when I used to go out all the time, I would, I would have them make for me and it was so fucking good. It would be vodka with seven up mm-hmm. and sweet and sour and lots and lots and lots of lemon. It's hmm. lots of lemon. Sounds I would just, like a lemonade kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was kind of lemon. It was so delicious with the, with Sounds the fizzy. But, uh. But yeah, but I don't drink anymore. So, but occasionally I'll have like a margarita here and there. Yeah, we went out last night to there's because here we can eat outdoors. Uh-huh. And one of our favorite Mexican restaurants, they have two parking lots. So they've tented them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And the closest table to you is like 10 feet away. Oh, that's perfect. You know, so I mean, they're not at full capacity, but they're at about 50%. If mm-hmm. they have all those tables filled, they're at about 50%. And this is a very popular restaurant. So I was like, ah, let's go there. Yeah. You know, and there's another place down the street from us, and it's a sports bar, and they also took over a lot of their parking lot. Yeah, that's still, such a good idea. Yeah. But, they, but the problem is with them because it's a sports bar, <laughs> and now they can, it's not just a bar. You can't, bars are not open here mm-hmm. unless you serve food. Hmm. And because like my friend David, he owns this nightclub in town and they had, they opened literally in January and had to close. Wow. Wow. Um, what a fucking opened, drag. No shit. And they opened for like a week in April when they could do that again. And then boom, numbers went up, closed back down. Yeah. So um, he, unless he's, if he'd served food and had an outdoor space, he could be doing stuff right now. But because they only serve alcohol and it's table, it's bottle service, it's a high end yeah. shishi place, you know, so. And it's for, you know, getting laid. Um, <laughs> that's its special purpose is yeah. for young people to get together and spend $1,000 on a $25 bottle of yeah. booze and go. Um, but, yeah, this one bar, though, down the street, it's like, it's great that it's outside, but y'all are, the tables are still a little too close <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's, they should be, like, when you, if you've got a table, when I pull back my seat, and you pull back your seat behind me, uh-huh. that's, that's where the where six it should, foot mark right. should be. Yes. Not the tables to tables yes. or chairs to chairs. It should be as I'm pulling back approximately two or three feet yeah. to get up to leave. You're going to pull back that far, boom. And that's what Casa Vega has done. It's a good oh, 10, Casa 12. Oh, Casa Vega, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yum. So people jealous. are still working there, too, so at least everybody's still employed. Well, that's good. <laughs> and I think I, I mentioned to if I didn't mention it to you, I've mentioned it at least 35 times on the show. I so desperately miss good Mexican food because at least in the area that I'm in, it's just not the same. I've been to a couple of different restaurants and I know they're kind of blended. My my brother, I asked my brother, I'm like, are there, are there any good Mexican restaurants? And he named one of them, which mm-hmm. is one that I had already gotten food from. And it was decent. Right. But it's just not the same. And it was a yeah. blend of another his, it, like Latin culture. It was, I don't know if it's... Per, it was like Cuban? Maybe. Mexican yeah, it might be or, Cuban. Yeah. It might be Cuban or Peru. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it... I mean, it was good, but it didn't have that like authentic Mexican thing right. that you get all over California, especially what I miss is uh, the tamales at Christmas mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like I've always had Mexican friends. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's always there's always been someone who like their mother makes them or, you know, like I remember this one year for Christmas, I worked I worked at a department, so I was working at Macy's and there was this guy, Ruben, who was, it was in the perfume department and he came over to our house for Christmas and his mom made homemade fucking tamales and it was like, Uh oh my God, they're so good. (laughs) Just can't find them here. And so I, you know, I don't know. Bob had said that there's, 
better places in D.C., which we haven't gone for Mexican food. So we'll, well see. My friends, my friend Tia and her husband, when they moved to start teaching at Gallaudet, um, when they moved to D.C., she literally emailed me going, can you send me these tortillas <laughs> from this particular grocery store? Because I yeah. can't even get decent just, tortillas. No, know? it's just, it's not the same. It's just not the same. And it's so depressing. You know, I mean, growing, I mean, obviously, you know it, you grew up in Southern California. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California. And I mean, it's just a fucking staple. You know, it's yeah. just, it's always, and you're, there are, are obviously some restaurants are better than others, but when you know Mexican people who cook authentic Mexican food for you, it, there's just nothing like it. Mexican food is some of my all time favorite. It's so fucking well, good. Well, and hopefully I don't have to move there because um, <laughs> I've been looking at places in Puerto Vallarta and places oh, wow. in Baja. <laughs> and, and it's so funny, my doctor, because I had to see her a week ago, she, I said, well, hopefully I don't have to move to Puerto Vallarta, but I found like eight bedroom, five bath houses for like, you know, 500 grand wow. in really nice, you know, really nice places too. Yeah. Huge. And she goes, well, I could be your doctor. Can I move in? <laughs> Like, That's so funny. Oh my know. God. Yeah. Hopefully we won't. Cause I, I mentioned to my father that I wanted to move to Toronto and he's like, no, you can't, you have to stay here and fight. Well, I'm no, like, and you can't because they don't want us. They don't want us. <laughs> I know. But like, I'd fucking find a way. But and I mean, my brothers, my brother and sisters are, their mother was Canadian. Wow. And so, so they're all in. looking into it. They're right. all looking into dual citizenship as we speak. Yeah, well, that's like my, my, my girlfriend who I was talking with on, on Thursday on the show, she has an in. I think it was her who had somebody has an in and it's like, I'm so jealous. I want an in. I want an well, in. Mexico will at least take us. Well, OK, um, well, there's that. And and, and uh, my doctor's husband, by the way, is very good friends with Kamala Harris's husband. So should things go well. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got connections now. We've got an in with the VP. So they were they're, they're so close that my doctor and her husband were invited to Kamala's wedding. Wow. Wow. That kind of close. Oh I'm my like, God, you're going Kamala. to Blair House. You're going to Blair House. Well, and just speaking of Kamala, I just love how when Nora O'Donnell asked yes. her that question, she laughed. It was so perfect. She laughed in his face, and she should have. It's like, yes. like you were. She's she definitely votes liberally. I'll give right. her that. Yeah, but yeah, she's yeah. not Bernie. She's not no. Elizabeth. She's not even as liberal as Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to ask that question was so stupid. Was just it was just like, come on, man. And yeah. what are you trying to do? Scare people? Because uh, if you say that, then the progressives are going to want to vote for her even more exactly and like who are you trying to. to scare other than this i mean the 60 minutes viewer granted is in his or her 60s in yes. general yeah but i mean come on mm -hmm. really that's gonna scare the book no i'm sorry <laughs> Ooh, so, libraries oh no police departments oh no you know it's like those are socialist organizations exactly. fire departments are socialized i know high roads bridges um you know, yeah, hello. Lord. It's just ridiculous. It's so fucking ridiculous how much they've demonized that word that it's it reminds me of feminist and liberal. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, that the Republicans have demonized it so badly that even the, I mean, I don't know what Laura, Nora O'Donnell, I don't know what her personal preferences are, but still it's the media at large mm -hmm. that will take the, their cues mm -hmm. to I don't know why they fucking do it. I guess it's because they are, you know, I mean, unfortunately, there are just a small number of, I don't know, people, I guess, that own these, um, you know, that whether it's MSNBC, you mm -hmm. know, there's, I know Comcast owns MSNBC and, and Rupert Murdoch owns Fox and mm -hmm. whatever, but it's like, there's not, it's not very diversified and I know they have their own agendas and all of that. I mean, thankfully with MSNBC, because they definitely piss me off a lot of the time, but or some of the time, they have some really good 
um, anchors. You know, I mean, I look at somebody like Joy Reid or Lawrence O'Donnell or Rachel Maddow or Nicole Wallace. All of these Mm -hmm. people, in my opinion, are they are not giving in to the bullshit from the Republican Party. But but, I mean, you look at Chuck Todd, you look at so many of these people, especially on on CNN, where they do. They allow the Republican narrative to shape the conversation when they should not. It's going back to how come you can ask Democrats about being socialist, but you can't say anything about fascism to Republicans. Why do they always get the fucking deference and break? Why are they always getting the fucking break? It's I think driving it started, me fucking nuts. I think it started when the Fairness Doctrine went away in 87. Yeah, yeah. Because, and then when, <clears throat> when, when the news divisions were no longer a loss leader um, and had to get ratings. And so then it became, okay, the news division can't lose money anymore. It's now under the entertainment division. Yeah. Therefore, we have to appease... You know, and this is where the money is. I mean, yeah. you know, Stephanie Miller has said on a number of occasions that, you know, she's been approached by station owners and even, you know, other people that she knows going, look, if you just pretended to be conservative, you'd be on 600 stations. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Cause, I know. Cause I guarantee just... you that a lot of the people that are on the radio and a lot of the people that yeah. are on the TV aren't really what they pretend to be. No, I know. But st- but it's the idea, like, for instance, Sarah Jessica Parker refuses to... Sh- she believes in women's equality, but she refuses to be called a feminist. And there's so many of... There's so many women... That's weird. Same with men. There are men, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I believe in equality, but I'm not a feminist. And it's like, yes, you are. By fucking right. definition, you are. Right. And uh, uh, But they don't. But what happened was Republicans have changed the meaning of that word. Like every time they post about feminists, they there's this there's one there's a couple of different pictures they'll use. But one in particular is this younger girl. She looks like a, a millennial and she, she looks kind of hippie or whatever. And they always use that photograph. And it's supposed to be I don't know, it's supposed to scare off. I don't know why it's so scary. She's, she's, it's supposed to scare off the Phyllis Schlafly's of the world. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, and they always make them seem like they, you know, oh, they're so dirty and they don't shave under their arms. And unless you agree with them, they blah, blah, they come out, blah, 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 blah. It's the same, the same thing. Like you go back to West Wing, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell wrote that speech about being liberal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's not a dirty word. Well, Republicans have made it a dirty word. And it's like, I don't understand why they get to have that control because well, it's, I not, mean, it's bullshit. <clears throat> well, I remember in the 70s during the first uh, push for the ERA because my sister Kathy was a big proponent of it and, and explained it to my mother. And then my mother was a mm-hmm. big proponent of it, along with Harvey Corman and Alan Alda, et cetera, wow. et cetera. Yeah. Um, and my dad having eight daughters, he couldn't get away from it. Um because duh because <laughs> uh, dude really no nah, it's not gonna um but um it's i remember phyllis schlafly i remember yeah. anita bryant mm-hmm. i remember yes i remember them vividly because they would come off as these wonderful mothers mm-hmm. That have these beautiful families mm-hmm. and they're attractive-looking women, and then you had, God forbid, Bella Abzug, yeah, you know, who is an amazing right. human being. But I mean, and then we had Gloria Steinem, but then she wouldn't quite do what she needed. She did, but she, mm-hmm. she you know, like it had <clears throat> had it been Gloria Steinem to begin with, mm-hmm. and other physically looking appealing to right. men, yes. women, right, that's the way it goes. Yep. Um, in the beginning, I think it would have, and then with Phyllis Schlafly calling feminists horrible people, yeah, 
having a woman come across yes. saying they're bad and then having these lovely little housewives right. you know with her and the, it, their fear was mm-hmm. interesting and her she used everything to mm-hmm. be able to be a lawyer i mean how dare you i know you're oh, using everything yes. that these women are fighting for in order to fight against that yeah i mean That's, she's talking about how women need to stay at home while she's on fucking tour <laughs> well, and, and while she's going to law school yeah <laughs> and and she would say oh i would i'll say this and it makes the feminists angry ha 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 and yeah oh my god i i fucking hated that woman so much you know and 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 uh she just you know she was great at that she's yeah. hey god bless her you know she knew how to work that kind of thing better than the people that were on the right side of history but the thing that drove me nuts, and I might have talked to you about this before, but I, I haven't watched all of the episodes of uh, Mrs. America. But oh, it's fantastic. I mean, there's certain I know things about it, it that they didn't do. It's great. It's great. But the thing that drove me fucking crazy is why she decided to take on the ERA in the first place. And it was because she was ignored when she wanted to mm-hmm. talk about foreign policy. And she'd been hearing yep. all about the ERA and kept discounting it. And she didn't even fucking care about it. She only pretended to care about it because yep. it got her attention from the it men. It got her in the room. It got her in the yeah, room. Yeah, and it was the men. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. You stick with that. So she did. So it wasn't even something that came from her gut. It wasn't even a full-on belief of hers. It was just a opportunity mm-hmm. for her to get in with the big boys and play with the big boys and tell them what they wanted to hear. They were so happy to see a woman come in and disparage equality. You know, gender equality. And that's that's why she did it. Oh, and that just makes me so angry. So, yes, it's, not only did she write on the feminist coattails. Mm-hmm. Well, it was supposed it. to be our 26th Amendment. Now we've got 27. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, I vividly, when, when I was a kid, when, you know, when it was looking like it could have Hawaii passed it first. Mm-hmm. Yay, Hawaii. <laughs> um, and so it was, I mean, my mom was like fully involved. It was the only time she ever really got into politics was well. for the ERA. And she was asked to do that. And Mm -hmm. my sister was one of the people that helped kind of push her in that direction. Um, And uh, I mean, my dad was totally pro ERA. And then when fucking Anita Bryant came out, we stopped buying orange juice from Florida. (laughs) Well, I remember I saw there was a Makers, uh, Women Women Who Make America. And it talked Mm -hmm. about the Equal Rights Amendment. It wasn't just the Equal Rights Amendment, but it was, and your mom was part of it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I I guess it was my first introduction. I I hadn't thought about it, I should say, as far as your mom um, basically being a feminist and fighting Mm -hmm. for equality. I mean, if looking back, uh, duh, (laughs) you know, I mean, look what she's done with her career and all of that. But, um, I was so impressed and I was like, it's just like, I mean, obviously I remember Friday night, it was Friday nights, right? That she was on. Well, it started on Wednesdays, then moved to Fridays, but it became a hit on Saturday. Okay. Well then, then Saturdays must've been the day that I watched it because I watched it. I remember being eight years old Mm -hmm. and like fucking living for the Carol Burnett show. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's definitely part of so many of our, you know, lives and history and to, as an older person, not old, but older person. And I discovered she was part of that makers. It was like, wow. And I mean, I, I, the same thing with, um, uh, Rhoda, what's her, I, why do I, Valerie Harper. Valerie Harper. I don't know why I have such a problem with her name. I mean, it's like, I knew that when she died, Mm -hmm. like I, I knew, I think she had cancer. She did. And when I found out she had cancer, I was devastated because to me, she was always like, I don't know. It's like, she makes me think of my own mom. Mm -hmm. There's something, my mom isn't like her, but, there was something similar and you know, I mean, so of course Mary Tyler Moore and Valerie Mm -hmm. Harper and all of these women who set and and same with uh, the bionic woman, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these women made me a feminist 
mm-hmm. at, without real, like I didn't sit there and walk into rooms and announce myself. I'm a feminist, but watching right. women like your mother well, and, and Marlo Thomas, and Marlo and, Thomas. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it made, it made me, um, it just made me into a feminist. And so did my mother because my mother was a single woman taking care of me. And I saw her going to work and, you know, not relying on my father and, if problems came up, she didn't call him. She fucking right. moved to California and he lived in Maryland. So it's like when the sink was clogged, she figured out if she couldn't call a plumber or well, we were always in an apartment, but I mean, she would, she would right. figure it out herself right. and she would, she would to this day, I mean, she's in her fucking seventies and there was something wrong with her toilet and she fixed it herself. Right. You know? So it's like, I've, I've seen that from the women of my generation. That's why I'm so dumbfounded when, when I, I, I mean, I, I can't believe we've gotten to this place where we are now, where somebody like, I mean, the way he was speaking to Leslie Stahl, yeah. as if she were some, I, I don't know, not even if she were an infant, he was talking to her like he was the abuser. Yeah. That's just what it was. I mean, it was like, how dare you question me? How dare you even say something like that? You're just such a disgusting, horrible person. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what your job is. I mean, the, the way that he was talking to her, it's like, we're really there. Mm-hmm. We and, are and, there. And there. I mean, luckily... You know, it's funny because he talks about how making, you know, the suburbs safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I live in a suburb. I live in North Hollywood, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know who scares me when I'm walking out and about? <laughs> Old white men. They yeah. scare me. <laughs> yeah. um, the young black folks in my neighborhood, not scared of them at all. No. Um, so it's like... <laughs> Well, there I mean, was we, this at the Derby. There was this old man who always used to wear jeans. Like he'd, he'd wear. He's even in the fucking movie um, Swingers. Uh-huh. You could see him, but he w- he would always. He was an older dude, and he was wearing jeans and a jeans shirt, and he would fucking grab your ass all the time. He yeah. was a little lech, and he had he was the little man, and so like you know we we all knew to stay away from the dude because he would like grab you. He'd ask right. you to dance, and then he'd like fucking grab you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's it's. It is funny that he's begging I know. white women. And then, he's, and then he has to tell her, no, I wasn't. I was saying it this way. I was saying I it was this way. I was just, I was kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding. Don't you it's understand? Like, no. Don't you understand? It, it, my friends and I, we had a small little Black Lives Matter uh, demonstration on the corner near my house several months ago, during mm-hmm. right after George Floyd was murdered. And um, this one guy, now we're, we're all staying as distant as we could from each other and there's only like six of us. And this one older white gentleman kind of sauntered up to us. And it was, there was only two guys with us and the rest were all women. Mm-hmm. And my friend Jeff kind of looks at the guy squirrely. And then this family comes with their daughter and she's in a thing and she wanted a flower. And, they, you know, they're like, oh, thank you. And so he kind of backed off and it was like he was yeah. going to start something. Wow. You know, and then there was, uh, two jog or two black guys that jogged by us and you know high-fived us and this other g- black guy pulled up <laughs> and bought us water oh <laughs> you know two people he did and That's this so other cool. woman did you know this yeah. other woman she goes i have some water if you guys need any no thank wow. you so much you know i mean 99 percent of the people that yeah came by us this one woman she was turning left up north on laurel canyon and she started to cry seeing Aww. us out there she was and, and it was a good cry it yeah. wasn't a sad cry and you know so it was like it was a small little group of us you yeah. know but the, it was the one old white dude that we were like right are yep. we really gonna have to call the cops now yeah ser- seriously i mean i had a experience in the grocery store the other day where i got a look from from a maga woman because i was saying that texas might turn blue so um anyway but you know she 
I was afraid because I went out in the parking lot yeah. and she was giving me a dirty look and I had my phone ready. You know, I had yeah. set it all up to video record in Nine case. one and hit one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Except that I had it just re- ready to hit record because I was right. just thinking, you know what, I'm going to get you if you say anything to me. And thankfully she didn't. But um, yeah. but I, I will. S- a- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it was at a, a pharmacy about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. And like I, I have my Moscow Mitch shirt. I have all <laughs> sorts of shirts. And I believe I was wearing my Moscow Mitch shirt and I was, didn't have a jacket on. And so I'm waiting in line to check out. And this guy just keeps staring at me and giving me stink eye. And I, I kind of realize what I'm wearing. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And so I check out and I'm walking. I'm not driving. I'm walking yeah. home. And I see him in this truck, which had like Oklahoma plates. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I got as close to the wall of the pharmacy mm-hmm. and waited for him to pass by me before wow. I crossed See, that's terrible. the parking lot. And he was just glaring at me. And I'm like, hey, dude, you're in the wrong city. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Well, I'm just going to share this. And, and, you know, again, don't at me. Before we go, I want to... <laughs> um, I have, And I've talked about her before. I have this friend who... Um, she's a psychic woman and there she's, she's not always very good. Right. So I want to be very clear. And so I'm, I'm putting this out there because I'll take what I can get at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the way I've talked about this before, but in case you're a first time listener and you haven't heard me tell this story, there was this one incident where I was dating a guy and we broke up and I, and I, I think that he, I, I don't know what it was, but I guessed that he was seeing someone or he told me he was seeing, I don't remember what it was, but I told her, I don't want to know because she's my friend too. It's not like Mm -hmm. she's just a psychic that I call. She's a friend of mine. And I've actually asked her a lot of questions about being psychic. But anyway, um, you know, I said, if you see anything, I don't want to know it. And then like three days later, she calls me up and she's like, well, I've seen something. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 you know, I will say that a lot of times she got it wrong. She would say shit. And it's like, I don't even know what you're fucking talking about, but whatever. In this particular case where neither one of us knew anything, she went off and she's like, okay, he's dating this woman that he met uh, on the job. She has shoulder length, brown hair. This is her name. She's a nurse. Uh, She just, she had all this information. So I was so fucking curious. So I called him up and I I asked him, I'm like, you're seeing someone, right? Yeah. Did you did you meet her while you're uh, while you were working? Yeah. Does she have brown shoulder length hair? Did he think you were following him? Yeah. (laughs) And then finally, I said, "Is she a nurse?" And he goes, "How do you know all of this?" And I was like, "Oh, I had a dream, and I just lied." And uh, but every fucking thing she said was true, and it wasn't something that I could have tipped her off on because I didn't know myself. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything. So that said. Uh, she told me, and I remember this back in 2016, that she had this terrible feeling Trump was going to win. And I thought she was wrong. But um, I said, I don't think so, because the polls are saying this and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, but then Trump won. So I ask her occasionally, and especially as the days, you know, move forward, I, you know, I'm like, can you see this? Can you see this? So I asked her the other day, I said, do you think Texas is going to turn blue? And she said, yes, but just barely. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned she thought Florida was going to turn blue. And then she also th- said, I think she said Michigan. Um, I don't remember what she said about Pennsylvania, so I can't be sure on that. But it, but it was, but it was definitely Michigan, Florida, and Texas. So let's see. I mean, I, I'm not saying yeah. this to say, oh, you know, 
we've got it in the bag. I don't know. She could be totally fucking wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I like to ask her just because it's part of how I process this whole thing. It's like, I need, it, it's very stressful. Yes. And you know, I mean, she certainly doesn't, it, if she gets a feeling about something and she's been right about other things, mm-hmm. but it, you know, but that was the, in, in my opinion, her describing this woman and how they met and all of that stuff was the the most specific and it blew my mind. And I was like, wow. And then I was asking her like, how does it happen for you? You know, like mm-hmm. how does this shit happen? How do you even see it? And I, I would, I asked her questions because I love exploring, you know, the, the stuff we can't explain. And right. I, I've had premonitions in my own life and, you know, I didn't know they were premonitions until they became true. Right. And it, you know, it's not very often, and I mean, I did have that dream that I'll, I'll, I'll say that I had this dream that this big elephant head in 2015, before Trump came on the scene, this big elephant head was in my living room and it was gasping for, for breath and it died. And um, I wondered, you know, what that was about. I, I figured maybe it was the GOP dying. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then recently when Trump got COVID, I thought, does that mean he's because I figured that the, what it meant was if it was going to be a, um, you know, like a prophetic dream that the GOP and I put it mm-hmm. to the GOP that it was just going to die and we had to clean up the big mess and it yeah, was going to be, you know, like an elephant head. How do you get that out of your, fr- and it was like an extra big elephant head, like the whole living room. <laughs> so it was like, how do you clean that out? And so when Trump got COVID, I thought, okay, does this mean mm-hmm. he's going to die? And he was literally gasping. He was, you know, and I and I realized that when I was I think I was talking to Greg Oliar. I'm like, oh, my God, I dreamed he was gasping. And so anyway, so <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen with Trump. I don't know that he's going to die. It appears that he's not recovered or something. I want him to live a long, long time <laughs> yes, me and too. spend many, many years behind bars. <laughs> me, too. But but but, I, you know, I mean, I, I still feel like regardless that the elephant head could still just represent the GOP in general because they are yeah. dying. They are a dying party. They it's leaving are. a big fucking mess for us to clean up. It so, is. It's, big, it's too bad that, that there are good people out there that yeah. I will disagree with on policy, but I can get along with. Right. Um, and, and, and have a conversation and have a good one. Like my friend Vince is that way. My friend James, my friend Craig, you know, I can have a conversation with them and we hug at the end, you yes. know, well not now cause obviously, but you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, so I'm hopeful. I mean, I don't know as far as Texas is concerned, I think we have a really, really good shot. Yeah, we're at eighty percent, man, in, in yeah. their twenty sixteen total. So this is this is really good. And if 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 Texas goes blue, uh, you know, it's like Bob had said, that would be like California going red. It, it would, would just destroy the Republican Party. I don't know what it's going to hold for them. And t- I think the the benefit of having them win now um, would be that in twenty twenty two and in twenty twenty four, Texans will go, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we did it. We can do it again. It doesn't have to be an anomaly. You know what I mean? So I don't know. um, You know, I I love fucking Hank Gilbert. He was on my show last week and he's running against Louis Gohmert. So that would be amazing if he could. That would be incredible. Oh, my God. I hope I hope he makes it. And I hope that, you know, the, you know, the Senate and the House and everything, it it all goes. But we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. So everybody, you can you can we. Don't yell at me if she's wrong, but I'm, I'm just throwing it out there yeah. <laughs> because it's quasi hopeful. So yeah. I just feel like, I mean, I don't know if she's going to be right. I'm not banking on it. I'm just saying I'll take what I can get at this point. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but 
I'm I'm glad that you are on because I'm like I said I'm taking next week off. I'm going to be talking with jo- uh, Josh Fox on Wednesday. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who he is, but he no. he's done a I can't remember the name of it, but he did this fucking awesome documentary on fracking, and uh, it was a popular one. And 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 I, I remember seeing it. It was several years ago. I can't remember if it was like 2006 or something like that. But it was just about the dangers of fracking. And so I have him for Wednesday, and then I'm going to take a week off. I might pop into Bob's podcast a little bit, but I'm I'm kind of I'm glad that I had you because to me you were like one of the um, easy guests because <laughs> you're just so easy to talk to, and but I'm I not cheap. You're I'm you're really easy, good. but you're not cheap. I'm not but cheap. <laughs> But it's easy to talk to you and it's fun to talk to you. And I'm kind of I'm kind of shutting down. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like I'm going to have to do some work with Josh Fox. But and I'm and I'm happy to do it. But it's still it's like you're just easy. So thank you for being on. Oh, <laughs> easy, but not cheap. <laughs> easy, but not cheap. <laughs> easy to talk to. Easy to get along with. It's just you're easy and fun. So oh, thank you. That's sweet. Um, all right. Well, before we go. Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find my show at from-the-bunker.com and on the Bob Seska show on <laughs> Thursdays. I'm looking forward to this Thursday, but I'm not allowed to tell David what's going on, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Because um, <laughs> Bob figures I'll keep my mouth shut. Um, and on Tuesdays on the Stephanie Miller show, usually all three hours. So That's awesome. Yeah. All righty. Well, then I'll include your link to your Twitter, as Thank I always you. do, in the Patreon description. Um, all right. Well, big hug to you. And big we're hug gonna, to you. We're going to do this. All right. We are. All right. Take care. Have a good week off. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, I do hope my psychic, my psychic friend, my psychic friend, my psychic friend is right. I know that, you know, one of the things that she's, she, she's a woman who deals with all kinds of physical ailments and it sucks because she can't work a regular job. And I know she, she does do psychic readings. I can't officially recommend them at this point because like I said, I mean, I don't, there are times when she was so incredibly spot on about things that neither one of us could have even even known, but then other times no. So (laughs) I wouldn't recommend and I hope she's not listening because then I would just be really feeling bad, but I'm just hopeful. I, you know, I, I need to take as much hopeful information that I can in this time because it's so difficult this last week. It's like, I think I saw Brooklyn Dad Defiant said, this, this next week is going to be the longest 800 years of my life or something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much, it's, it's going to whiz by, but it's also going to just tick by so slowly while we're in it. And I don't know what's going to happen. So what I'm try- like, what my mind has done has gone to that Joe Biden is going to win. And I'm not going to regret it. If the worst case scenario happens and Trump wins, I'm not going to regret fearing it and feeling like shit all the way up because I'll feel enough like shit if he wins. I'm not making any kind of prediction because I I don't know, but I, I feel confident. You know, I like the answer. If anybody watched Joe Biden on 60 Minutes, he said, look, I don't want to jump to a conclusion because I don't want to take that risk. You know, you're like superstitious about it or whatever. But he said, I think we're in a good position. That's what I feel. It's like, okay, the Democrats are in a really good position right now. We've got the momentum from all the way back till November, you know, from November 8th, 2016. We've all been chomping at the bit to vote and it's here and we're getting that opportunity. And thankfully, we are seeing very positive, positive, you know, 
people just standing in fucking hailstorms, not even deterred by a fucking hailstorm. So we're, we're seeing a lot of hopeful signs that it's going to go our way. We won't know till we know. And I do also think there's a good chance, especially if Texas and Florida turn blue, there's a good chance that we'll know on November 3rd. I think there is a good chance. So we'll see. But I'm going to go. I, I like I like taking in the positive, hopeful feelings because there is also this part of me, and I've said this before, but when there's a collective expectation, there's probably, I think, a more, there's more, if we all expect something to happen, it's more likely to happen. Now, I know everybody expected Hillary Clinton to win, but I can see where the differences are. I think we expected her to win because we were basing our expectations on past experiences, and she actually did win. She did win. But the electoral was fucked with because Trump and Russia focused on those three states that pulled in those 80,000 votes that tipped the electoral college. So she didn't win the election, but she won in popular vote. And we knew she would, and we were right. Now, I think that, that you know, you can take that to this election. And this time, we're not surprised by what's going on. We understand that we were going on an old way of thinking the last time. We didn't expect the fucking shenanigans, and that's such, such a nice light word to describe what happened. We didn't expect the Russian attack, not the way that it happened. We didn't know that that was happening. There are so many variables that we were not taking into consideration. Now I think we have a pretty clear picture of what's going on. And since November 8th, 2016, so many people have been waiting. And then since then, like I said, d- Democrats have dominated every election. So I'm going to say that what it looks like from this position is hopeful. We'll find out, right? But I'm going to go with hopeful because for me right now to go to that negative place, I can't. I'm not going to do that to myself and I just can't even do it. I don't want to even try. And I'm trying. Today is such a hard day with Amy COVID Barrett, that fucking bitch. I hate her because she is. she knew what Ruth Bader Ginsburg's last wish was and she's just flipping her off. And it makes me so angry. But I can't, again, it's like to save and preserve my sanity, I just have to assume, I'm going to assume that everybody in this country is going to make sure we do the right thing. I hope, I hope we do. And that's just basically going to be it for me right now. <laughs> like I said, Josh Fox is on Wednesday, not doing a patrons only show this week. We're going to take next week off. I may, I may, I may not, but it just depends on what happens. I may do a quick impromptu podcast, but I'm not going to make any guarantees. So just keep that in mind. I might jump over, like I said, to Bob Seska's show. I know he's going to obviously, he's going to do one on Monday. I'm not doing the one on Monday. He's going to do one before the election. And then he normally does it on Tuesday, but he's not going to do it on Tuesday because it is the election. And then he's going to do the Thursday show, which obviously there's some kind of, oh, I know what the surprise is and I'm not going to say anything. But he's got a Thursday show that I, I, I'm not going to pop in on that. And I know why. So, OK, next uh, I, I might call in on the Friday show. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. But just keep that in mind 
next week, basically consider me to be gone. Now, don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, that extra E, because my mom just had to make things more complicated. And then you can also read my books, which you just go to Amazon, Kimberly Johnson, got Peyton's Choice, which is about abortion, teenage girl having an abortion, The Virgin Diaries, First Time Sex Stories, there's American Woman, and then there is Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak. Reviews, reviews, reviews. Have you reviewed the show yet? Come on, hurry up, please. <laughs> you know I'm fucking grateful for it. So, and I, I do see those reviews popping up and it just warms my heart every time. Thank you. And that's going to be it. We will see you on Wednesday with Josh Fox. <laughs>